no one is, 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 is more locked in. From Thursday to Monday, no one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkins and Andrew Filipponi. All right, let's do it. Championship Sunday edition of First and Pod. Danny Parkins, Andrew Filipponi. Wow. We are coming to you as the Lamar Hunt Trophy is being presented to Clark Hunt and the Kansas City Chiefs. The Eagles blew them out. You were right about that. The Chiefs won. We were wrong about that. Let's start with the game that just finished, Pony. Um, That was, in sports terms, a heroic Patrick Mahomes performance. Like, guys were dropping like flies all around him. He was hurt. He made high degree of difficulty throws. I mean, idiotic penalty by Osai, obviously, at the end of the game to make that field goal manageable for but for Butker. But put that on the short list of all times Pat Mahomes performances, man. That was incredible. Yeah, I mean, I think that he moved a lot better than I thought he would. I mean, he was gimpy at times. He had that play where he rolled out left and when he landed. He grimaced and didn't move well, but for the most part, he was more mobile than I had anticipated. I think you were worried about him even making it through the game when we had talked on Thursday. And if you had told me, if I if I didn't know anything about his injury and had basically been in a coma all of last week, I would have thought that he was dealing with something minor. I would not have thought that it was as serious as a high ankle sprain just based on some of the plays like the last one before the game-winning field goal. Uh, I think it'll be interesting what the conversation is like all day Monday. You know, we get get out ahead of this stuff. So I do think it'll be a lot about Mahomes. But I also think that the officiating in this game was just pathetic. And it did yeah, not. That'll be a big part of it. A hu- that'll be, that'll be, I mean, people love to complain about the officiating. And in this case, it was, it was justified. I, I think there'll be, yeah, I think there will be a, a ton of officiating conversation and we'll get to it with the NFC championship game. But I think there's going to be like rules change suggestions and a consensus by a lot of people for the third quarterback thing. But, but go ahead about the, uh, the refs. No, I was going to say, I mean, the Bengals are going to look at this and feel like, most of the 50-50 calls, if not all of them, went Kansas City's way. And even on the last play, which I did think it was a late hit because Mahomes was clearly out of bounds, but if you look at before he gets out, there's a hold on the play, and then there was a block in the back on the Sky Moore punt, which could have easily been called. So, you know, you Gene Steratore's big thing in these situations is you want the penalties to be big, you don't want them to be chintzy little things. Well, you've got Mike Hilton pass interference, which looked like it was ticky-tack. And then, obviously, the whole six-down thing was just mind-boggling where they had the redo when the refs, thankfully, that did not end up impacting the game. Well, that, I think had, I think that's what allows it to not dominate the the, the two weeks of Super Bowl coverage. Because that was an embarrassment. That was that was you get called in front of the pool reporter after the game. There should actually be accountability. Like there, there that was the guys running in, and it takes CBS like minutes to to show it. 
Romo had no idea what was going on all game. I mean, he suggested that on the fourth and six before the Burrow throw to Jamar Chase, that they were going to try to draw him off sides. I'm like, what are you talking about, man? He's like, well, they'll try like, and then burn a timeout or take a penalty and go back and punt. Like he he was making no sense. I think Romo's regressed in a horrible way. I think CBS is the worst of C of Fox, NBC, ESPN. I think they're clearly the worst overall NFL presentation um, of a big game. The refs were bad, man, but I, I still thought that was an awesome game. Like, there was way too much of the refs involved in it. But, I mean, Travis Kelsey getting on the camera as soon as Mahomes is being interviewed afterwards with Tracy Wolfson and saying, Burrowhead, my ass, like right into the camera. Orlando Brown saying, put respect on his name for Pat Mahomes. Like, they heard all of the trash talk. These teams do not like each other. This feels like the second chapter of Brady and Manning. Like, it feels like Burrow and Mahomes are going to meet in five of these things. And it wasn't the cleanest game. It wasn't the highest level of football at times. But I thought that that game was incredibly captivating sports theater. Like, about as good as you can expect, honestly, given the injuries, the cold, how terrible the NFC Championship game was. Like, I thought that was riveting sports television. Well, yeah, you had you had two quarterbacks that were overcoming their own adversity, Mahomes, the injuries, and the and the and the wide receiver injuries in this game, and then Burrow's offensive line, which was a storyline going into the Bills game, but then went away because they kicked Buffalo's ass up front. They looked like they had backups out there. Honestly, I thought for as great as Mahomes was, I think the MVP of the game was Chris Jones. I think Chris Jones was the best player. He did not have a sack in a playoff game uh, up until today. He had his best regular season, 15 and a half sacks. That was an Aaron Donald-esque performance by him. That was one guy taking over the game on that side of the ball. They did a great job moving him around, too. He lined up at end sometimes. He was over the center sometimes. He was over the guard. I mean, I give Spagnuolo a lot of credit for moving his best defensive player around the chessboard. But, you know, the Chiefs, everybody, the consensus was that they had the worst defense of any team that was still left playing. And it didn't look that way in this game because they had one dominant player. They had the best defensive player this weekend in Chris Jones. Well, I mean, I don't know. Hassan Reddick had a monster game, man. And Jones was great. Reddick had a... I mean, his fumble. Well, yeah, his, but I'm saying his, his sacks put the ball on the ground. Sure, he but was, I'm saying I get that. But to me, well, I was going to say I was going to say without Chris Jones, I don't think the Chiefs win. But that would probably be taking too much credit away from Mahomes. That, that's, the, that's the thing. Like th- that was the best game of Marquez Valdez Scantling's season. He had some nice catches, but the touchdown throw. Yeah, I mean that was a beauty. I mean, on fourth down, that was that was perfect. He's getting sandwiched and jumping sideways and flicking the ball with total arm strength and getting crushed and limping out of it. I mean, that is that's the best throw of a lot of dudes' careers, and I'm not sure it makes Mahomes' top five. Like dudes were dropping like 
Look at the box score, man. Pacheco had 26 rushing yards. Mahomes had eight. Hardman had seven. McKinnon had one rushing yard. Yeah, I actually think that it's a good thing they won the game from this perspective. I think if they lose, I think Andy Reid gets killed afterwards. Pacheco looked like he could have run the ball. Just every time he touches it, he bounces off guys for positive yards, and he just did not want to run the ball with him at all with an injured quarterback in the second half of the game. They were one-dimensional. And his punt from the 38-yard line was embarrassing. That was just ridiculously bad. Well, okay, so I saw that the that like punt index bot said it was in the 99.9 percentile. Yes, yes of, the bots are always right. You need to trust the bot here. I, I I do I do trust the bots, but hold on a second. You ha- you have a you have a quizzical look on your face like you don't believe the bot. I I, I believe the bot 99 of the time. But can we talk this one through? Okay, it's. They're on the 38-yard line. It's freezing. You have Jay Feely saying that Butker's max pregame going that direction was 52 yards. This was a 55-yard field goal. Yes. Why am I expecting him to make a 55-yard field goal? Uh, I'm not punting the ball. You're going for it. Yes. On fourth and? Six. Six. Okay. Yes. I mean, if you don't trust Patrick Mahomes to get you seven yards in Cincinnati territory, then I don't know what to tell you. I mean, you've got the best offense and the best quarterback in the league. Look, like I said, Chris Jones made an incredible play. They won the game. But if the Bengals go downfield there and Mahomes never sees the ball again and they lose on like a 46-yard Evan McPherson field goal, how do you sleep at night if you're Andy Reid? I don't, I mean, like it obviously that would have been devastating, but fourth and six is pretty borderline in that spot, man. Well, if I, you're a league average team, but your point that you're making here is valid where you're saying the 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 uh um, field goal is off the board. The formula or the analytics doesn't take the weather into account enough. Well, the analytics probably is not they're they're talking league average. This is not a league average offense. All agreed. This is the number one offense in the league. You can't live with yourself if Cincinnati goes down and wins the game there. My opinion. So Yeah, yeah I, I, I understand what you're saying. I was surprised at the outcome, but Feely saying that he couldn't make the kick, like taking field goal completely off the board, made it to me a much more – like I, I was shocked that that was a 99.9 percentile situation. I mean, honestly, the underrated play of the game that like got lost in the wash afterwards because of the Mahomes heroics was that punt return. Sky Moore. Yeah. Yeah. He was terrible early in the season. He's had a terrible year, period, for yes. them. Yeah. I mean, he was supposed mid, to be their he was supposed to be their next, you know, they're talking on the broadcast like, oh my God, they've got to go to Sky Moore now. And I'm like, well, at the beginning of the year, they thought Sky Moore was going to be their next McCole Hardman or Tyreek Hill. He's a second-round pick. He's yeah. got some scrub off the practice squad. So he lived up to that pick, that billing with that return, for sure. Yeah, it was it was pretty crazy. The I mean, even for Cincy, man, like Burrow's getting killed all game, like you mentioned with, with Chris Jones, who was great. The T. Higgins touchdown catch was 
spectacular. Chase had some great plays. With the double coverage on fourth down. Yeah, r- ridiculous. The the conversion to Hayden Hurst on third and 16 in 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 the fourth quarter. He's just those guys those guys were they both rose to the occasion and overcome their own team's adversity and they kept showing Osai 58 the linebacker crying on the bench. I don't how do you how do you go on? You feel like you just cost your team a trip you, to the Super Bowl. Man. You know like, how what, do you though, face your to team me, in the locker room? I understand that. I don't think that he's going to get – I don't think in that locker room he's going to get a lot of hate. I think, obviously, the fans will scapegoat him, and I think it'll be tough for him with the Cincinnati fan base. But I think the players understand, if you look at the pursuit angle on that play and where he shoves him – I think I think they understand in that moment it's almost an impossible task. So many of those guys, those quarterbacks, when they go to the sidelines, will bait guys and make it look like they're about to run out of bounds, and then they keep going. He was not like two or he was literally one step out of bounds when he when he made contact. So I I, I bet I haven't seen the I haven't seen the comments from Bengals players. I bet they rally around him. Would be my oh, guess. I'm sure the players will. Man, they were going to him on the sideline. It was just. First down doesn't really matter in that spot, you know? So it just, I just it, did not think it was an egregiously bad play by the guy when you yeah, take into I, account the speed of the game. I mean, like, listen, I've never, I've never played the game. So like taking into account the speed is, is obviously difficult. It just seemed in that spot, knowing where he's going, there's less than 10 seconds left in the game. Seems unlikely that he's going to cut it up field and stay in bounds. Yeah. In, I get that on a bad ankle. In, in that spot. I mean, it's just, it's a massive, massive penalty. Apparently, Kelsey, after the game, called out the Cincinnati mayor, who I did think was, went over the line. Like, I'm, I'm all for trash talk and mayoral bets, but I don't know. It's just in bad form to. Well, the Bengals brought a lot of this on themselves. I don't like it. Well, the Bengals brought a lot of this on themselves. The Bengals, I think, did something that was really hard to do, and that's turn the Chiefs into an underdog. And it wasn't just the ankle for Mahomes. It was the fact that they were very loud and brash about how they owned this team. So they gave a great team that is never in this situation. They gave them like something to galvanize themselves over, which when we're talking about the narrowest of margins between, you know, two great quarterbacks and two great teams. Is honestly something maybe I should have taken into account more, but I just didn't think that Mahomes on the ankle was going to be able to make the kinds of plays that he did in this game. How how could you, man? How could anybody have? Well, maybe my theory was right, that it wasn't a high ankle sprain, and they just did that to try to maybe. mess with everybody. Maybe. he, The dude's amazing. Is it his best was- playoff game? Um, I feel like all things considered with the Kelsey back spasms, the ankle injury, no Tyree kill, the cold weather. It, I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, what do you think? He finished with 326 yards, right? Yeah. 326 yards, two touchdowns, a passer rating of one Oh five. I, no so 2018, they lose the AFC Championship game to New England. They don't get the ball in overtime. 2019, they have those two huge comeback wins at Arrowhead. 
they get down big to Houston, they get down big to Tennessee, they come back and win both of those games. Do you want to put either one of those? Ahead I, mean, of this? I don't. After they were down 24 nothing in that Houston game. Um, and then I mean, let's I mean I can let's just pull, let's just pull it up real quick. Let's just pull up the old Pat Mahomes playoff game log. So yeah, that Houston game I, that's the one I just wanted to remember the exact details of. He finished with 321 yards and five touchdowns after being down 24 nothing, and they hung 51 in the game. That's pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> that's that's pretty good. So what I say his passer rating was 105. He has one, two. Well, he threw three, five touchdowns four, against the Steelers, five, but that's a wild card game. Who cares? Seven, eight. He has eight playoff games with a higher passer rating than the one he had today. That's outrageous. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think it, so. It's it's not his best. I'll get. I'll, I guess I'd put that Houston game on there. But what, one uh, closing thought on the Bengals is now going to be what happens with Higgins. Is he going to get traded? Are they going to go the Tyreek Hill route? I mean, that to me now becomes the story of their offseason. Are they going to try to keep the band together and run this back one more time next year? Are they going to give him an extension and pay him like, I mean, they can't pay him like Devontae Adams or Tyreek Hill or one of those guys because they got Chase coming down the pike. And Burrow. Yeah. They, I know, I know. Like, listen, we've been talking about trading T. Higgins to the Bears, you know, for a while. Um, it's the A.J. Brown situation, right? Like D.K. Metcalf re-signed, Debo re-signed, McLaurin re-signed, A.J. Brown didn't, and it cost a first-round pick and a $100 million contract. That's what it would cost to, to get T. Higgins. Um, so obviously the Bears can't do it with the number one pick in the draft. I would assume that the difference in those situations, though, is that A.J. Brown, while Tennessee was good in playing in the playoffs and even winning a playoff game, that wasn't anything that they were long for. This guy's in back-to-back AFC championship games. I don't think you break it up. Like, they, since he already showed a willingness to pass on Panay Sewell to draft Jamar Chase. I think they're like the poster child organization for surrounding your franchise quarterback with weapons. So I think they're going to try to keep the band together for as long as possible. My prediction is he's in Cincinnati next year. And he's not on an extension. Oh, I think that they maybe like, so cause, cause Chase. Had, they Chase have to, still has three years left. Right. Exactly. So like th- the question is, is Jamar Chase okay with making less money than T Higgins? Like, is he, is he okay with it? Or well, he's going to have to be while he's still on a rookie contract. No, I, I know. But I mean, I just wonder like how they're going to, how they're going to handle like the internal politics uh, of, of the whole thing, or if that will see, come. Into <laughs> see, I, my, my objection on Higgins front would be, is he going to take a deal that's structured in a way or a short-term deal that doesn't really 
give him the money that he might want guaranteed if he played for a team that didn't already have another number one wide receiver. You know, like how we don't know about about this. How how much does he want to stay and win or how much does he want to be the alpha male number one wide receiver someplace else? How many receivers do you think are better than him? 10, 15? Yeah, I would say somewhere in that range. If that. If that. I mean, it's hard to... It's hard to gauge because we haven't really seen him do it by himself because Burrow got hurt his rookie year and only played half the games and they were bad. But I don't think that he's a byproduct. Let me put it this way. I don't think he's a byproduct to having Jamar Chase on the field with him. No. I mean, we've seen situations with Chase out or them forcing. Where he still goes off. And yeah, he's had, he's had monster games. He's. He might be the best high point receiver in the NFL right now. Like he he's incredible at those. But all right, so we got we got the Chiefs advancing. There is crazy uh, line movement on the Super Bowl that's happening right now as we are recording this podcast. So okay, remind do you, we should should we do the NFC Championship game and then and then get to yes, this? that'll be a tease. I I I can't believe what's happening in the Super Bowl market right now. This is blowing my mind. But um, the Eagles are good, man. That game, like the that game sucked. It felt fluky's not the right word because I think if Brock Purdy is healthy, I still think the Eagles win that game by double digits. I think I think you were right uh, in your handicap of the game. But even after the Purdy injury on the first possession. They still tied it at seven and it was tied midway through the second quarter. And then it just felt like everything that could go wrong went wrong for the Niners. And they will revisit the third quarterback as an extra roster spot, the emergency quarterback who could be activated there because that became embarrassing that they were down two and three touchdowns and they didn't have anyone who could throw the damn ball down the field. It felt like we were watching a game that should have just been called. Like, they should have just thrown in the white towel. It did not feel like an NFC Championship game to me in the second half. Well, it felt like that game that Denver had during COVID where their entire quarterback room had the virus and they had to go with that wide receiver from Wake Forest. Kendall Hinton. Uh, Let me say this about that whole situation. Uh, Kyle Shanahan is the gold standard when it comes to the new age offensive uh, scheming and play calling and designing and sequencing of plays and all those things that even the lay cop, even the lay NFL fan is aware of and gives him credit for his big game coaching, I think leaves a lot to be desired. And I really was embarrassed for him that of all he has this, you know, look, it's a situation where it's the worst case scenario plays out. You're down two quarterbacks. One has one one guy's an elbow injury and the other guy's a concussion. What do you do? I thought he would have a better break glass in case of emergency option than let's just have Brock Purdy hand the ball off the rest of the game. You are Kyle Shanahan. You've used Debo Samuel at running back. Your team traded for Christian McCaffrey and brought out the jack-of-all-trades in him even better than he was before in Carolina. You're getting beat handily. 
you don't have anything up your sleeve in that situation. I mean, he literally just waved the white flag. It was like, I don't want to put one of these guys at quarterback because I think it's unfair to them. Almost like he was thinking about the big picture with them and thought it was like, well, what if Christian McCaffrey gets injured playing quarterback in this game? Am I going to be able to be okay with that? That's kind of how I looked at it. Like you've got I'll, no. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it one step further. I thought he should have done it before Josh Johnson got hurt, dude. He couldn't field a snap. He couldn't field a snap. Well, that was the turning point of the game when he dropped that shotgun snap that was right back to him. But he, but he mishandled a couple of other ones. Like it no was, doubt. Like I I what you're saying is at the very least work that in. Yes. Like a wildcat is like a wrinkle. I agree with you a hundred percent on that. I, I I tweeted it. I I when when it was John Johnson and he kept he, he when he messed up his second snap. I was like wildcat time. Like we just I wasn't saying necessarily the entire game, but we had to see it at some point. And man. You talk about like worst case scenario. It was more than that with just the quarterback injury. Their defense looked incredible until it like there was just so many things that went against them that eventually, you know, the they they broke. But they held them on the first drive of the game. Yes. Devontae Smith did not catch the ball. Yeah. And and he misses the challenge. And I know that's so not in the- order of blame on that, I go Niners one. And I go NFL too. I don't think that they're blameless here. I think that we've got to figure out what's going on. They've got to have, I think, a black and white policy on when they get this sky judge or whatever the hell it is involved in place. Because sometimes it happens. Sometimes it doesn't. They showed the replay too late. They showed the replay that was definitive after the play had already happened. But... Maybe, like, I would get got on this at some point. But if I was an NFL head coach and the dude was sprinting the ball to, to the center of the field and putting his fists together for yeah. the, the quick huddle signal, when in doubt, throw the challenge flag. Like, maybe they're – like I, I don't think they're trying to fake you out into losing a first-quarter challenge. That was such a massive play. That's a seven. That's a seven point play. That's what it, right. It was. It was fourth and six from around <laughs> midfield, and it's a forty something yard play down inside the ten yard line. That ends up being a seven point play. And the one thing, and we talked about this on Thursday, and I talked about it on the shows this week. The way that Brock Purdy could go into Philly and win was he had to play with a lead. But my point he had is- to play with a lead. But my point is, in the next game, in the AFC Championship game, we saw Kadarius Toney to the naked eye. It looked like he made a touchdown reception. It looked like it got ruled a touchdown reception. And then, okay, here comes the challenge flag. But they're like, wait, you don't need to challenge this. We've already ruled it incomplete. So how does that happen in one game and not the other? That's what I hate. It's inconsistent. I, I agree with you completely. I agree that the NFL uh, bears responsibility here. And then, but just, I mean, Sirianni then on the next possession, and this one was much easier, but he was all over it. On, the Purdy play. On the, on, on the Purdy play. And it was just like they were off and running. Like one coach was totally comfortable and making all the right calls. 
and the other coach was paralyzed by fear. And the, I actually, I just felt let down. Like if, if, if the chiefs game lived up to the hype that game, I don't feel like I saw a representative game. I don't believe that the Eagles are 24 points better than the Niners. I think that was an outlier well, performance because of a bunch of things that happened. And I agree. I agree that you were on the right side of it. And I agree that Philly was the better team. And that was the right side of the game. I'm not saying that they didn't deserve to win, but I do not think that they are 24 points better than the Niners. Well, I agree with what Greg Rosenthal tweeted and when he said that it reminded him of 2010 when Cutler went out and Caleb Haney had to come in like for the Bears against the Packers. And like from that moment on, it just felt like you were watching the inevitable one team was absolutely going to win the game. The other team was going to lose. They had no hope. I mean, this is not Drew Bledsoe coming off the bench for Tom Brady and throwing touchdown passes right. in the AFC Championship game 20 years ago. Um, you know, I actually think that Philadelphia needs the two weeks here to get one major part of their offense fixed, and that's the Hurts to A.J. Brown connection. Because for as great as their defense is, and for as much as they control the line of scrimmage, and uh, Fox flashed the graphic about how they're setting all these records for rushing touchdowns and stuff, uh, I don't think they're going to beat the Chiefs if A.J. Brown is in witness protection in this game. I don't. Uh, I think at some point they're going to need to call upon that to win when you're going score for score, tit for tat with Mahomes. So it's almost like these two playoff games, things have come offensively too easily for the Eagles. Like they've blown out the opposition in both games. But in regards to their offense, I don't like, I'm not watching it thinking, oh man, like they're a force to be reckoned with. They still don't look like they did around the midpoint of the season offensively in my opinion I don't think Hertz looks fully healthy that's when he and he keeps saying it I mean every report right before kickoff is I talked to Jalen Hurts and he told me he's less than 100 percent they're doing that like crazy well because he, he was just the running game man I was I was shocked I, I said it on the pod after the divisional round that he was running, but he didn't look like he really wanted to run. Um, and I know that it's like you got to be smart and slide and go out of balance and all of that. But it looked like he was being overly cautious. And it was the same thing today. Um, and it was 150-something passing yards, and they kicked the shit out of him. And he had the rushing touchdown, and they schemed up great runs for Sanders. And it was a blowout, and it was super comfortable. But, yeah, I'm not convinced at all that that part of his game, which is what makes him truly special, is back. But I'm also not – they're going to be able to run on the Chiefs, and we will do plenty of Super Bowl preview. Their roster is just so good. Like, Lane Johnson had an incredible day to get, day against Bosa. And I, After and I, he tore his groin last week again. Yeah. He, but it, that was, and I know Bosa was hurt, and he was playing at less than 100% speaking of like the comedy of errors thing for how San Francisco started the game, the Devontae yeah. Smith play, then the Purdy he play, spiked. then the Bosa injury all within the first, like eight minutes of the first quarter. It was comical how, how bad that was for the Niners. But um, 
I don't know. You just like look across the board at the Eagles and it's definitely the best offensive line in football. It's definitely the best secondary in football. Uh, it's one of the best wide receiver duos in football. It's a top three MVP. Look candidate at the names. <coughs> look at the names they have on their defensive line. Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, Linval Joseph, Indomitian Sue, Hassan Reddick, Javon Hargrave, Jordan Davis. I mean, it's ridiculous. They, tra- they, they traded are. for Robert Quinn, who had 17 and a half sacks last year, and just don't use him, and then he got hurt, and they don't care. Yeah. Like, it just it just didn't matter. They, um, they, look, everybody says the cheat code is that you win with a quarterback on a rookie contract, but they have made, look at their picks, look who they've hit on, look at their free agent signings. I mean, they have just done a masterful job of building an entire team. Howie Roseman, man, he's got to be, he's got to be the best general manager in football because they kept saying, because I watched the NFC Championship game at my producer's house, and then I drove home. And so I left with like eight minutes left in the game to be sure that I was home in time for kickoff of the AFC Championship game because it was such a blowout. And so I was listening to Kevin Harlan on Westwood One, and they kept talking about like, the Eagles are going back to the Super Bowl. They're going back to the Super Bowl. And I was like, I hadn't even like considered that in the lead up to the game. Because it's a different coach and quarterback. Like, I know Jason Kelsey is there. I know there's a few guys uh, that that cross over with both teams. But it's it's inc- that's not normal. It's incredible to replace a coach and a quarterback and go to two Super Bowls in a six-year span. That is, that is not how it is supposed to be well, done. Well, look at the roster building when they won their last one. They had a quarterback that was in the MVP race who got injured. Yep. And a backup came in and they won. That's yep. not supposed to happen. No. And, I mean, this, dude, you mentioned all the dudes on the defensive line. Darius Slay, right? Gardner Johnson at safety. Uh, Bradbury they signed Brad, who got Bradbury, cut by the Giants. Maddox. Like, well, yeah, how it, about so I'll give you another example. Landon Dickerson, their left guard, who was a second round pick, who had like a weird knee thing. He was at Alabama, and that's why he dropped into the second round. There were some people like Brian Baldinger said he was the best offensive lineman in that class on tape, but they get him in the second round. He gets hurt in this game, and they're like, all right, here comes Andre Dillard, first round pick off the bench to play guard. Like it's a right. It's a and their offensive line, right? So you have you have Lane Johnson, best right tackle, you have Jason Kelsey, best center, you have Mylotta, Pro Bowler, and Dickerson, Pro Bowler. Yeah, Mylotta's a guy that they just a massive human being who they just developed. That's crazy. It yeah, it's the roster is is stacked. Okay, so you wanna we'll we'll do a ton of Super Bowl preview. We've got multiple pods that we'll do between now and then. But, all right. Wait, can I just, before you do that, can I ask you one more thing? Sure. Who's the 49ers week one quarterback now? Uh, Trey Lance. Okay. It's not Brock Purdy, I'll tell you that. Because the second half social media conversation was TB12. 
Yeah, I mean, if if I mean, if, I guess if he wants to take a pay cut uh, and go win, but I think that when you trade all those picks for Trey Lance, and they clearly want a quarterback who can run, it would have just been much easier for them to stand pat or trade up from like thirteen to ten and draft Justin Fields. They'd be in the Super Bowl right now if they would have done that. Uh, I think that Shanahan's ego might allow it. I think if the owner gets involved, he might push it too. Um, But you hear all these things about maybe Shanahan really didn't want Lance. That maybe that would have, that maybe that was more of a John Lynch thing. So I don't know. I mean, I I agree with you. You trade all the way up. He's going to be going into what his, is it now his third year Lance third year yeah. yeah yeah he was the he was the third pick in the Trevor Lawrence Zach you want Wilson, him to play two, you want him you, you got to play him this year because you need to make a decision on his fifth year option so he's got to play yeah is how I look at that um and what one other quick thing on that you know Garoppolo's such a prick what a what an asshole that guy is I would have gone right up to his locker after the game if I was working the 40 in 49ers media and said, what the fuck were you laughing about on the sidelines when your team is talking about putting a fullback in at quarterback and you're over there guffawing? I mean, but Purdy was like smiling and trying no, to no. laugh and keep it loose in the in the huddle. Maybe they just said something no. funny on the headset. No, 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 no. There was multiple times. Screw that guy. I got the impression that he was like reveling in it because I don't, I think he has some bad blood. Obviously Shanahan hates him. I don't think that, I don't think it's a one way street. So I think he was getting, I think he was getting a kick out of it, a sadistic kick out of it. You're going to be booked on uh, 95-7 the game. Just be sure to mention the podcast this time. You're a big sideline demeanor body language guy. <laughs> Sirianni last week, Garoppolo this week. You said Chris Jones, best player on the field. I thought I thought in a game that had Nick Bosa and Christian McCaffrey, whose touchdown run was incredible. I thought Hassan Reddick was the best player on the field. Yeah, he that was. Guy, that guy was a game wrecker. Well, look what he did. I mean, he it was not a fluke play. Purdy got knocked out of the game because of his legal hit. Yeah. He changed that game with one he, play. Yeah, he was incredible. Um, and I have to just say one more thing. One okay. more. Okay. You, you've given me three one mores. I just want to tell you about this line movement. It's insane. If Josh Johnson, if that's Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow, does the same thing happen? You mean with the the head injury? With the protocol. I mean, yes. I was at a, I was at the first game where a guy was taken out with concussion protocol in the playoffs. What happened to Jamal Charles in because uh, Chiefs Colts? I have thought for a long time after the Tua thing when they were talking about how they were going to be more vigilant about this stuff and on top of it. I'm like, well, what happens in the playoffs if they see something and they pull a guy out of a Super Bowl or conference championship game? Well, it's Josh Johnson. He's almost 40. He's played for 14 teams. They see his head hit the turf. They're right on it. But I don't know. If that happens to Mahomes 
and he gets back up and he's acting like he's fine. I don't think I'm, I'm just not sure. The cynic. I mean, I'm I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure either. And it would have been a much bigger story, obviously, but you know, unanswerable questions for Andrew Filipponi's one more thing. All right. Have you seen the line? No, I purposefully, when you started talking about it, put my phone down and didn't look at it because I wanted to be surprised. So do you want me to guess the original line and everything? I'd like you to guess the original line and I'd like, well, yeah. And then I want to, I want you to tell me what, what has happened to the lines since. I think it might've opened. I think it might've opened with Kansas city as a small favorite. And I think it's swung all the way to Philadelphia being favored. All right. Yeah. I don't know if I gave it away with my surprise. I'm going to say it started Kansas city minus two and a half and it's all the way up to like Philly minus two and a half. It started Kansas city minus one and a half. And my buddy who's the sharpest better I know Scott, you know, 15 accounts, offshore, legal, everywhere, said that a plus three posted. Philly minus three. And now it's back to two and a half or one and a half at everywhere that you or I could bet. But for a moment in time. It was Philly minus three. Wow. It was Philly minus three minus 115. So it went Chiefs minus one and a half at the open. All the way to Chiefs plus three within the first 10 minutes of the market being open. Total went from 49 to 50 back to 49 and a half. I disagree. I I think that Philly will be able to run the ball on the Chiefs. No question. But... I feel like the initial line was posted (coughs) coming out of a game where Mahomes looked awesome and then people hammered Philly because they're the better overall roster. But you want to give me Pat Mahomes and points in the Super Bowl? Okay. I'm fine with that. I will be on the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I think it's going to settle in right around pick. Would be my guess. Because I think any... Plus three is ridiculous. Because I... Well, yeah, I think... I think if any team got up to a three-point favorite, the other team would have gotten hammered. Um, I think as long as... Now, there are some dead numbers in there. You know, not like totally dead. But, you know, one and two are not obviously like three. But I think pick is probably the right call because... There's always going to be, I think, a lot of incentive based on what you just said for somebody to hammer the team that's getting points in this game, if the team gets points. The look at the look ahead this morning was Philly minus one. And that was before we knew anything about Mahomes, obviously. I guess I don't. He looked incredible. Yes. You're not I mean, getting an argument from me on this one. I'm not I'm not really looking for an argument. I'm just I don't know, man. I I think this game is I think it's an over. 
I think it's an over game. I just I don't think that you are shutting out the Chiefs. Uh, I don't think you can shut out Pat Mahomes, even though their pass rush is great, their secondary is great. I don't I don't think you can do that. So all right. That is a that just blew me away that a plus three posted. And again, it's gone. So no one listening to this will be able to get it. <laughs> but nor did I get it for the record. I was hosting a podcast, but that is crazy to me. What's our plan, man? How many how many shows are we? We're gonna do two shows a week. We're gonna just do some offseason stuff. We're not doing any Pro Bowl, are we? No. No, we're not. All right, good. So all right, dude. Good stuff. Thanks to Spencer. He's the man. Yeah, Spencer Ray, our producer. Subscribe, rate, review. Championship Sunday, first game of duds, second game of classic, hundreds of conversational angles. We'll be all over it. We'll have another pod for you uh, later this week. And then, of course, multiple during Super Bowl week. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 